0: The same horse that was in the harvesting machine went on the weekend for a horse show, (laughs) and and he rode the horse for four days to Dillenburg, where they held the first international eventing, and he competed in it. And he got placed.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He got placed, and the dressage arena there was the first dressage arena that horse saw in its life. Oh
2: my God. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn the secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider J.J. Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join J.J. and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. In this episode, JJ sits down with Susanna Von Dietz for a fascinating glimpse into Susanna's earlier life. Her father spent four years in a wheelchair after being injured in the cavalry during World War II. After being lifted by six adults onto a horse and riding for a special holiday, he regained most of the mobility in his spine. He was able to continue to ride until he was 91. Susanna's mother was a teacher and a physical therapist who worked with disabled children. She was also an avid rider. This amazing and unique upbringing led Susanna to become the world's most renowned equestrian physiotherapist. And now, here's JJ.
1: back. So today I'm excited because I have Susanna Bandit back again because I couldn't get enough last time I was here. So we're still in Germany and it's an easy flight from Israel. So I coerced her into coming back again (laughs) to helping me some more. Um, But I thought it would be really great if Susanna can share with you guys so you can get to know her a little bit more and understand like where all of her like amazingness came from so we'd love to hear about like how you got started in riding in general and I mean your parents are both amazing mm-hmm. and then how you kind of got into um, gyrokinesis as well as hippotherapy and, and dressage and all the things. Yeah. All the things.
0: <laughs> yeah. First of all it's wonderful to be back here. And it's actually a very special time to be back here because we've just celebrated New Year in Israel. Yeah. And in Israel, the transition, the New Year time has nine days. Mm-hmm. After the New Year celebration, you have time till mm-hmm. Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. And in this time, you have to pay your debts, do what always you wanted to do, uh, finish things, start new things, You know, make, make everything clean because you can't do that in one day.
3: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And after that, the Jewish uh, religious people, they go to the synagogue to get written into the Book of the Righteous for the next year. And if you have not paid all your debts, you kind of can't get written. You better have to get rid of your sins in that time. So this is a time where you clear out things, uh, finish things, and a week where you kind of... Rethink of what you want to do. Okay. So coming in this week here is special time. Yeah, okay. Special Very time. cool. Very so cool. Then, then, when I come back home, where well, there's this Yom Kippur, and then yeah. the next year, fresh start. Okay. So this is uh, an important thing. Yes. To do things. All yeah, right. You do I the like important it. stuff oh, in this girl. week. I'm glad we're part <laughs> yeah. of that list for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah me and my history for me it was always the pretty normal thing totally this is how I grew up and only now that uh, I have kids myself and look back onto it I see what a special upbringing I had and that's why we said we'll talk a little bit about it and because some knowledge just dies out (laughs) and things and it's, it's really in this fast, developing times, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's something to be remembered mm-hmm. and uh, to, to be looked at. Yeah, I always say I was very careful in choosing my parents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did a good job. Yeah. And we're grateful. The rest
3: <laughs> of the
0: world is grateful. <laughs> um, and I took my time, so I'm a little bit the latecomer. hmm and uh, I watched how my parents were with other kids, how they were with the rest of the family. Uh, I let my brother be seven years old, <laughs> and then I came. You're back. Like now it's my time. So I had a great big brother, and yeah, so on. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of one of the youngest in our mm-hmm. family, even though my family is huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's if I go back into the history of both sides of my parents I mean having both parents being horsey people is great mm-hmm. uh, my dad was even uh, in the cavalry still mm-hmm. and my mom was besides riding and, uh, and training horses she was a physiotherapist, a teacher for sport uh, mm-hmm. and gymnastics and uh, there was a lot of things there in it Um, yeah My dad, when he got first put on a horse, he told me that his grandma came next to him and said, remember, boy, on the horse, you're a meter closer to heaven. (laughs) Because in German, the word for sky and the word for heaven is Himmel. Yeah, yeah. So on the horse,
1: you're yeah, a cool. meter
0: closer to heaven.
1: Yeah, I like
0: that. <laughs> and Dad always said that was his first instruction about therapeutic riding.
3: Wow. You know, about the yeah. value
0: of horses in his life.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, it gives me chills. Yeah. That's he, beautiful. The, he, under the Nazi regi- regime in Germany, uh, he was not part of the Hitler Youth. Mm-hmm. And he was not allowed to study. But he could make a career in the Wehrmacht, which was at his time not vowed to Hitler, but to Germany. Okay. Yeah. And he was in the cavalry in a group of officers who were actually in a group against Hitler. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he became an officer there. Hmm. What we can't, I mean, now with all the world war uh, and all the history, I mean, where we are right now in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to imagine that my dad still rode with horses into the war.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. There were
0: still horses. Yeah.
1: It's not and, that far away. And yeah. he
0: rode all through Holland, France, hmm. and until south of Moscow when they cha- were changed to tanks. And he, he was in the Battle of Stalingrad. Wow. And he got severely injured in that battle. And mm-hmm. he was on one of the last... Planes out, which saved his wow. life. He's of his group the only one who came home. Wow! And he spent four years in a wheelchair
1: from that injury. from that injury.
0: Yeah. The doctors wanted to amputate his useless right leg.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He did not allow it. <laughs> and after four years, our nearly nearly four years. Uh, friends of his came on. Uh, November, we have a special day in Germany that's called Hubertus' Day. Mm-hmm. It's a Huntsman's Day. Okay. And the real rider has to go out and ride over the fields on that day, okay. you know? <laughs> so he had friends coming and said, you know what? We're doing something crazy. We're going to get you on a horse. It's 1st of November. You know, Hubertus' yeah. Day, you have to ride. Okay. And he said, Dad said, the most embarrassing thing was that he needed six grown-up people to help him out of the wheelchair, uh, shove him burns, up on a horse. Yeah. And he actually rode in a side saddle so that his useless leg was hanging over the horn of the side saddle. Yeah. Wow. Bouncing along there. You know? Oh my God. And the thing he said, it, it was the, the first thing that for him was so amazing was that the movement of the horse was walking.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was not wheeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His body felt, I'm free again. Yeah. My whole body, my spine is walking again. Yeah. And he rode for an hour and felt free. Wow. And after that he went back the next day he had crucial pain in his leg. <laughs> but he normally felt nothing. Right. He went to the doctor, said I, I did something stupid. <laughs> the doctor examined him and said, If you ever want to walk on that leg again?
1: Ride right again. You do it.
0: <laughs> my dad rode till he was ninety one till four weeks before he oh died. Oh my god. And amazing. I only know him walking
1: wow oh my god the totally yeah. gives me the chills poof
0: um he then not only did the horse give him back his leg yeah yeah his yeah. walking um it he stopped having the dreams of stalingrad wow today we know about post-traumatic stress syndromes yep. and yep. everything i'm living in israel where we have a war where we have one of the world's largest research centers about Mm -hmm. horse riding and post-traumatic stress syndrome. Wow. Horses have a huge place in there. Dad felt it that way. Mm -hmm. He called up his army friends who lost an arm or a leg Mm -hmm. and he said, you have to get back on the horse if you want to stop to have these dreams stop. Wow. And he built them special saddles, special (laughs) reins and they went out hunting together again and riding you know
1: amazing it
0: wasn't called therapeutic writing right it was, or para
1: or whatever anything. yeah it
0: was their therapy their way back into life
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay parallel to that um dad mm-hmm. after the war not an officer anymore mm-hmm. uh, and things he what helped him to deal with the whole situation was his belief in god mm-hmm. and he studied theology and became a an Lutheran priest Okay, And he put his life really into, dedicated for the poorest of the poor. He went into a parish in Germany where nobody wanted to go. Mm-hmm. It's countryside, remote area.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he came there with a horse and cart,
3: mm-hmm.
0: helped the farmers. This horse worked in every harvesting machine that there is, helping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. building, doing. yeah, And he was uh, really using his life as a priest Mm -hmm. to be with the people and work with them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there was a local riding club founded. (laughs) And uh, the same horse that was in the harvesting machine went on the weekend for a horse show. (laughs) 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 And, And he rode the horse for four days to Dillenburg, where they held the first international eventing. And he competed in it, After and, he got in yeah,
3: exactly.
1: <laughs> and he got placed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he got placed. And the dressage arena there was the first dressage arena that horse saw in its life. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. In the army, Dad had been trained by Berkner Podziewski. Wow. He was in that group of people. You know, I mean, the knowledge that there is of horsemanship is unbelievable. Cheers okay, again. Um, yeah, that's kind of... So I grew up with army <laughs> riding classical yeah. cavalry. I mean, yeah. I have that all into so I grew up I, well, and with a lot of these things in a youth and group didn't he also it. like write the book for the officers in the cavalry and he didn't write it but i inherited it from him okay there is i mean the germ uh, Richtlinien. Yep. yeah that book that yep. blue book of writing yes. how they call it blaue Büchlein. yeah is coming from the hdrv yep. 12 hdv yep. 12 which is the the rule book uh, of the cavalry yeah but that was the rule book how it was done Right. That rule book had a second book on it.
1: How the officers how should teach. How the teach.
0: officers should teach it.
1: Yeah, and that's the book you how have. How it's taught. Yes, yes, and yes, that's yes, the yes, book yes. I yeah. have. amazing.
0: And uh, it's quite amazing because he told me that uh, he, they got new riders, recruits, and mm-hmm. they had six weeks until they had to ride a parade. So nobody cared yeah. if they had back back pain or, if it, you know, yeah. right. whether it hurts or not or whether they're comfortable or not, yeah. but in that time they had to do that. Um, And they had very few accidents.
3: Yeah.
1: And
0: I asked him, how did you do it? He said, well, for six weeks, they rode without stirrups and without reins. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of humiliation, too, because we couldn't get on without stirrups. Right, right, right. Exactly. They had to learn to jump on it. Part part of of it it was part of the... Part of the hazing. The hard part. (laughs) But I said, six weeks without... uh, And did you have so many lunging horses? Mm -hmm. He said, why lunging? I said, how did you do that? Well, the first horse was ridden by an officer, yeah, with reins, and all the other ten horses after had side reins, yeah, no stirrups, no reins. Wow! And that was a group riding lesson—walk, trot, canter—with all the figures. Oh my God. I mean, who has ten school horses? Who would do that? Yeah, who do that? I, you know? <laughs> I mean, I said, what stock of horses did you have? That was normal. Yeah, you know the horses did it every day. Yeah, I managed to do it in Israel with a group of school horses with four. Yeah, and when you do it regular, it gets easier and easier, and it's amazing. Otherwise, it's just like you know, <laughs> everybody's going <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. But ten, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, it's so. This was the kind of background here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now my mum came from a different background. She mm-hmm. was a very sportive lady. And she, became, she studied during the war in Innsbruck sport. So she became a teacher for sport, hmm. all kinds of sport. Right. And then she added a teacher for gymnastics, hmm. which was more therapeutic already, much more understanding the body to mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and working in a healthy way with your body and, yeah. Today, one would say more of a direction yoga or, yeah, uh, or like physical, physical therapist, therapist kind of yeah. the sport, and then when she learned, then on top of it, the physical therapy that was more about uh, exercising and mm-hmm. working with really severely neurologically disabled babies and wow. children, and she had all that, and that's when my dad finished his studies. And in Germany in the 50s, it was not allowed that the priest's wife had Mm. her own profession. Mm -hmm. So when they married, mom had to give up her (laughs) professions. Mm -hmm. She was financing. She was a very modern woman. She was financing his studies after the war, working. And then when he was finished, she had to become... A priest's wife which was not really my mom's dream yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know going praying she yeah. was not a, I'm sitting still and praying. right she was a let's do person yeah when dad and her came to the village where dad became a priest mm-hmm. her her sentence was and here we have to stay for six months it became 40 years <laughs> to the rest oh of her life yeah. you know I still have a house in that it's yeah, a village yeah. it's my home <laughs> Um, and they came with a horse and cart. Yeah. They didn't have a car. Yeah. And everything was done because Dad needed the horse for the therapy by horseback. Yeah. We rode. We drove. Uh, when I was born, they had a car which was hardly ever used because <laughs> we had horses and cart, you know, a <laughs> carriage. So cool. I mean, you go there by horse. Yeah. And my usual place was my one of my early childhood memories is a very dirty yellow pillow <laughs> that... <laughs> came underneath the pommel strap yeah. because without diapers it was too hard to sit there. <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up on that. Yeah. Um, my mum with the riding was always with him. But mum's riding was side saddle. Mm-hmm. and she Because when she, she and dad met, dad had changed after his therapy riding mm-hmm. was in the side saddle. Right. He wanted to go back into a normal yep. saddle. And he had he only had two saddles, one side saddle and one normal one. Yeah. So when mom and him wanted to ride together, she went into a side saddle. And she loved it and she never went back. Wow. And she hunted in it. She did her, in, in Dillenburg, in the state stud on stallions, mm-hmm. her riding, the uh, in it with jumping 120 course oh <laughs> and, <laughs> and dressage and everything. So she must have been really quite brave and wild. Yeah, <laughs> my mom. <laughs> and when I was born... I was my babysitter was a mare that had a foal and when mum and dad went riding my cart was put on the paddock with a mare in the foal and when they came back they took me out from there again because right. the mare would guard me. <laughs> <That's> amazing. Especially <laughs> <laughs> grown
1: was. up with horses
0: and I have really I mean when I rode with my parents with mum, I I rode side saddle with that, I rode a stride, I learned both. They said you have to learn it all. Yeah. You have to you wanna be a rider, you have to be able to ride in all saddles. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in that parish work where my mom should be a priest's wife, she went to a family to visit and then she heard noises upstairs. Mm-hmm. my hmm Mum asked, is there someone? No, no, no. My mum doesn't take no for a noise. Never <laughs> did. And she had no, pro- no problems in entering somebody's private zone. So she would just open the door and go upstairs and look who's there. And she found hidden children, mm-hmm. disabled children. Mm-hmm. They were hidden. They were not shown in public. And you would think it's cruel. People don't like them. No, it was opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say a little bit it was punishment of God and you don't show them. No, it was a little different, I think, there. Mm-hmm. Because after the Hitler regime the disabled kids got taken away. Right,
1: right. So they were actually when protecting them. They
0: were loving their kids and keeping them separate yeah. and hidden yeah. and not public. Right. And Mum very slowly got them to come out. She found cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. these kind of kids. And she started treating them. That was all her profession. She wasn't working. She wasn't employed. She didn't get any right. money. And she took them to horses. Mm-hmm. And she put them on horses. And so when in Germany the therapeutic riding was founded, hmm. my dad became the first president. Wow. And mom trained a lot of people into hypotherapy, ph- how to put hands on, how to help mm-hmm. neurology kids on horses and this, it became huge. After a year, my dad said, if, this, what, if you as a therapeutic riding organization wanna be, stay serious, You can't stay with a priest as a president. (laughs) So he gave it to a professor for a a pediatrician for children and neurological development. Professor Wolf was it then Mm -hmm. for years. But Dad was running the hippological side of the therapeutic riding. He was always consulting that everything was correct. He has built, I don't know how many saddles. Some of them are still in use (laughs) for different and special reins. And the difficulty in building these gadgets is that they must compensate a disability mm-hmm. but not be wrong on the horse. Right. Yeah, if someone has a very short arm, you can't let them go through the reins through the pommel strap or the martingale right. because that would not be correct riding wise mm-hmm. so we created a front piece with, a, uh, with rolls through yeah. that would be where the hands would be
3: Yeah. yeah so yeah. that
0: piece compensates the missing arm but n- does not tie the horse's head down Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so finding uh, someone who's an amputee mm-hmm. a special saddle has to be built because it's not only that he needs a special saddle for his leg a mm-hmm. little bit more protection this and that um, there's weight missing
3: mm-hmm.
0: And he took it from the knowledge of the side saddle, where the weight is even mm-hmm, on the other mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. And the saddle has an upper part that fits to the rider, a lower part that fits to the horse. Yeah. And a side saddle, it's eight millimeters that, the, that they are apart mm-hmm. to make up for the weight. Interesting. On an amputee, it's four millimeters that you have to make that. Yeah. To, make, to prevent that the horse gets sore.
1: Yeah. Right the where your weight is. And where the yeah. weight
0: is if you ride regular.
1: That's amazing.
0: Um, the stirrup. If someone can only use one leg, mm-hmm. whether it's an amputee or whether someone has only function in one leg, yeah. if you do rising trot and you always have weight in one stirrup, your horse will become lame. Yeah. Yeah. There's been this badminton where Mark Todd lost the stirrup. Yeah. And he finished yeah. the cross country course. Yeah. Everyone thought he's amazing. Yeah. And the next day he shot himself. Nearly. Because his horse was lame, and he said, I should have known. I've been taught when you lose a stirrup, you kick off the other one and ride on. And he didn't, and the horse the next day didn't make the leg check. Mm -hmm. Um, But to prevent that, if you have weight only in one stirrup, you can let the stirrup run over a roll underneath the horse's belly to the other side. That's how it's on a good side saddle. (laughs) You can shorten and lengthen the stirrup from the other side, and that balances... The twist of the saddle you would have with weight on home one stirrup. So there's a lot of these knowledges that he put in for the therapeutic riding and that went in there. And so when I grew up, I was like growing up with courses of people coming to our place, learning about what is therapeutic riding, what have horses to offer for our lives. Mm -hmm. And we were training horses giving them into centers for therapeutic riding. I had to ride horses in side saddle for amputees Mm -hmm. or with the reins in one hand for someone. There was always something going on and dad's special cavalry knowledge into that work and and my mom with her physiotherapy, physical body knowledge coming into it. So it was pretty clear that I became a physiotherapist <laughs> and that I did my riding to instructor on the side. I mean, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just... grew up into it. Yeah. And when we had these courses, my mom was very for it that I would not go to school Fridays when we had courses mm-hmm. because she needed me on the lunch to demonstrate the rider's seat. Uh-huh. And she told me to go into chair seat, into fork seat, yeah. into crookedness and how to correct it. Yeah. And all this starting. Uh, i had I was that I can today my demo that I ride where I do yeah. all these mistakes I mean I can do nearly every mistake yeah. <laughs> in the book you know I demonstrate it yeah. that started there when I was a child it 's amazing that I had to do it and show the correct seat, the yeah. wrong seat, and this yeah. and that, and you know it, uh, that was my way to sneak out of school <laughs> I preferred that to school <laughs> of course, <laughs> and mum was always for it. I need you here. why do you have to go to school you know <laughs> and yeah so that's that's a background uh, that I grew up with Um, well it's
1: such an amazing mix of like understanding the body you know which is like everyone knows you as like oh she's so great with you know body position and body awareness and getting riders to do things we had no idea we were even doing wrong in the first place and then you like change us all up by making us do this other thing and it fires up different nerves and and then bam you're sitting up taller or your leg is long or whatever but then there's also this like amazing knowledge of classical horsemanship and horsemanship and like I love this connection to you're not just like a physiotherapist but also like the the information that was like handed down to you directly from your own father is like yeah. from directly like Podysky and like all these amazing people that like we can only get books on now. Yeah. Like it's like actually not only like, oh my, my writing instructor growing up, it's like, no, my father no. Yeah. was that person. Like yeah. that's just I think what really makes you unique is that like you understand how to ride, you know what the end goal is, you know what Grand Prix is going to feel like, you know what a young horse feels like. I mean, that's just a different level of depth because you've lived it and know it, you know, and then mm-hmm. to, like, to bring that into then the physiotherapy part of it is just like this like amazing yeah. mesh of...
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I grew up with this, that the horse is your tool to get better, get, get a better person.
1: Right. Yeah. You know? On top of it all, not only it's, feeling better physically, yeah. but like also should yeah. build your character. And
0: and I mean, those of you who know my cousin Felicitas, which uh, always get the question, "How yes, are we yes. related?" How are you related? Are you first sisters? cousins. Yeah. First cousins. My <laughs> mother Western. and Felicitas' father are brother and okay,
3: sister. Okay. Great. So that's <laughs> so we we'll make that it clear. Up. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but in that time after the war. In Germany Felicitas' family they Felicitas is the youngest of five mm-hmm. she's five years older than me so yeah, <laughs> yeah so we're uh, I'm a little under her yeah. as a child I was always yes yeah um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, in this in these 50s 60s Germany started rebuilding yeah. uh, they were living in a city family of five you had no money to go for holidays anywhere. you yeah. had no not enough food it was you know yeah. So they all from all the family met in the countryside at our rectory. <laughs> yeah. And that was holiday time. We were 20, 30 people yeah. in one house. Uh we had youth camp, but it was family youth camp <laughs> yeah. or whatever in our in our place. Right. Uh and everyone was there every holidays and for Felicitas that was her uh, her holiday home
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she
0: learned riding from my dad yeah and this coming there every holiday doing growing yeah. up and that was their happy times and that's why she got so hooked that she made it her life yeah yeah and she was forced to finish a profession before she can become a professional rider
1: interesting yeah
0: and she learned uh, home management mm-hmm. uh, things and all kinds of things which she says it's great because I can manage a barn I can manage you know yeah. it was helpful mm-hmm. for everything but after she had it because her parents said if you don't have a proper profession yeah. it's too dangerous for a girl yeah. to live only on horses and mm-hmm. then and with that in the pocket the next day she was in the stable <laughs> and said now I'm a professional rider <laughs> you
2: know? and she's never regretted anything. yeah she's, she hasn't looked back <laughs> Do you want to learn how to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice-monthly live study group called the Tech Room Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit www.teamtateacademy.com forward slash info today to join at the working student level. We're so sure that you'll love it that you can cancel or upgrade your membership at any time. Tell us
1: a little bit about, I mean, there's, I think it's a bit of a new popular thing to be like a rider, biomechanic Mm -hmm. instructor. And there's a lot of different people um, using different cool things, right? Like, um, and none of us own any of these, like the the balls or the straps or whatever. But tell me a little bit about how you're you're
0: different yeah. i mean and when i came into it different <laughs> uh, it was through my mom reading of course sally swift yeah that was the first person who came up with pictures and yeah. images uh, to learn movement and more uh, g- more global and i mean, the book till today it's one of it's just fabulous you yeah. know all her pictures and ideas and then uh, th- there were some other books, Shutzjara. They, uh, they had a father and son orthopedic doctors. Mm-hmm. They had tried to figure out which muscles do we need for writing, and they tried to write that down, which is very correct but very not functional because if I need my third muscle from here or this or that, you know, it's yeah. I get kind of tight. tight. Yeah. And but it, it's an amazing uh, work to understand what's yeah. happening. Yeah. It's like for a good understanding, study of it. yeah, yeah. It's a study, and. When I was asked to write my book, the Balance and Movement book that I wrote, Mm -hmm. I first wanted to translate some books from English to German Mm -hmm. because they had some nice books on the writer's seat. And I said, something like that is missing Mm -hmm. in the German Federation. Mm -hmm. And when I talked about it, I kept criticizing. But in that book, that picture is not good and that has to be changed. And then I got told, you have the knowledge, write us the book. And that's uh, how how I wrote Balance and Movement in the time where I was a young physio, just passed my uh, bereiter exam, you know, and yeah. and I thought, well, in this stage, I know, you know, I know it all. <laughs> Little did I know. Right. And if I read through the book, I think, gosh, did I know that yet? I mean, how could I, how did I dare writing that down? I'm only learning it now, you know. <laughs> it's, it's the wisdom of the youth or whatever. Yes, yes, now, yes. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, i'm quite kind of surprised when people in america always write about me that i'm the one of the world leading biomechanics because that word is something that i would not use for myself yeah Uh, i can understand why it's used and i'm not saying that to those people they're wrong i know what they mean but for me movement is not mechanical Mm -hmm. mechanic that's robots yeah mechanically that's bones right but only our bones are not our movement there's so much more to it yeah yeah and the tools for movement uh, we know by now that even muscles is not enough
3: yeah
0: that actually elasticity and movement goes through the through our elastic fibers through our fascia, fascia yeah. and tendons and that strength and power gets stored in tendons yeah. and not in muscles yeah and that the release of that power makes the movement Better, yeah. yeah, and not the strength yeah, of a yeah, muscle, yeah, yeah. and so there's so much happening there today. And the nervous system, the automatic reflexes yeah. that work into it. So, for me, I'm I, I see this whole concept of movement yeah. and experimenting movement as uh, the thing. So, for me, this the title balance and movement is still the best title I can yeah. describe myself and my work,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And I'm adding rhythm and suppleness to it as tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rhythm, balance, suppleness by three things. That's why I have this Trilogy yep. thing in my logo. But yeah, it's become popular and other people are good too. And mm-hmm. lots of yes. people study. And I mean, uh, theres there's been a time where most of the people who worked then more from the body function were not so good riders. Mm-hmm. They were good therapists or they were... Uh, good an- analytic people, right. professors uh, studying movement, yeah, Eckhart um, uh, Miners and so on, but they were not themselves writers. Yeah. writers. Yeah. So they could not really understand what happens when you really connect through the back and the movement comes and what the aids do. Well, and then connected to proper aids, yeah. like
1: from the classical history and, that you have. Too. And there
0: are now some. Some people who work uh, in biomechanically correct writing, whatever, and mm-hmm. so on, that really want to have these alignments and they have great exercises. Um, for my liking, where I'm different, I would say, I'm not calling myself, this is my school. Mm-hmm. This is balance and movement. Mm-hmm. I always say I'm teaching writing and teaching movement, <laughs> and it's open, <laughs> Um The exercises that you do with me, juggling, uh, moving, breathing, yeah, I mean, I have a whole breathing concept, but it's not my breathing concept. It's You breathe in yoga, you breathe here, you know? Um, I'm attaching concepts of movement Mm -hmm. into the rider's aids.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I love, too, is like, I guarantee it, every time she comes, she's like, I have a new thing. I've been working on this in my own writing of like, you try things, you know, from the rider's yeah. perspective. Like, so things you learn in gyrokinesis, yoga, whatever, it's like, you're like, how does that relate to the canter pirouette or the canter depart? And then she comes, I mean, even just only a couple months later and you're like, discovered new yeah. ways to apply proven techniques yeah. of body function into proper aiding the system what we want to feel from the horse
0: and it's so confusing often because we know in riding we want to turn left but we need the right rein
1: right sit up but sit Sit down down.
0: yeah sit deep but sit light
1: right right yeah Yeah. and
0: all these stupid things where we feel uh, Ah. do I have to give on the outside but but I have to hold the outside yeah uh, (laughs) all these contrasts and I've And in in movement, it was for me the same. I finally learned how to sit upright. And then I get told, no, don't stick your chest out, you know. Now you're too sick. But then you go. And so understanding that you actually balance is something that always ping-pongs.
1: Yeah, and it's never static. It's never
0: static. And like a
1: good position is actually full of motion. Yeah. But the motion is so small, it looks like you're standing still. And that's what's like. You're, and, you're brilliant and
0: I mean in this last course where I now took it again so yep. much out of I got a concept of where to put the in the of the pelvis position where I said no 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 I'm teaching that different and I said he has a point point. and I said oh if I only teach that direction I end up in the wrong way and I have to you yeah, know I gotta get and back he kind of showed me the other side of it and then I said okay he has his point point. Mm-hmm. and then I know and now I have two things I can apply, my old way, my new way, yeah. my uh, th- this other way. Yeah. And I feel, oh, with some people, I need more here, yeah. some I need more there. Yeah. And it's the same with the horses. You know, you ride a horse, you get told, go forward. You come yeah. with the same horse to the same instructor. Like, you why get are told, you going so fast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to collect and, more. And, yeah. and this is the thing, you don't have the exercise that fixes that. Right. You will get a set of tools to apply for whatever is needed in that moment yeah and balance as you say it's never static from one if i don't lose my balance Mm -hmm. i can't move forward
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: i have to shift weight give up the balance on one leg and find Mm -hmm. it on another leg to walk yeah and if i want to move forward with a horse balance has to get lost and found and lost and found
1: constantly with every step
0: so it's yeah. always something new. And sometimes you fall to here, sometimes you fall to there. Mm-hmm. And you have to find where can I influence it best. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the horse needs me a little bit out of the saddle. Yeah. Sometimes it needs me deeper in the yeah. saddle. Yeah, that's why I have this concept, stirrups to, yeah. to seat bones.
3: Seat bones, Where stirrups, do you have yeah. to,
0: how much percentage of yeah. weight is where. Yeah. And so I, I don't think I have a method or always these exercises. I think I have a concept and principles, and I show how to apply them, and I think that's where I'm a little bit different, because I will never sell you the exercise for. Right. I will say that exercise can help. Right. I do have exercises, but I have to invent them every lesson new, because I have to modify them for horse and rider footing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and
1: it's just so we always hear about like less is more, right? Like we've read about that, we've heard about that, we attempt to do it, and I feel like you, for me, in my own personal experience with you, like you bring it to life mm-hmm. of like breathing matters, or this stirrup, this seat bone, this internal whatever, mm-hmm. it, it completely it's, changes the horses dramatically. It's like-
0: it's like, I mean, riding is one of the few sports where we sadly learn con- patterns that we later have to unlearn. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kick, and, you know right. kick and pull. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. later, we do, that's what we don't need. Right. Yeah. In tennis, if I learn forehand, it's a forehand or a backhand. Yeah. Uh, even if I refine and add the spin or whatever to it. And, yeah. But it stays the same pattern. Yeah, that's interesting. But in riding, we have to get rid of patterns again. Yeah, yeah Which yeah, yeah. And some little things that's where I try to look even in a beginner. I said, instead of kicking the horse, sitting up tall, yeah. rowing is important as for a part of your half halt later. Yeah. If your half hold goes shrinking, right, you'll compress.
1: And they're like, we yeah. don't even know
0: what a half halt
1: is yet. Yeah, but,
0: but they can look they sh- up sh-
1: yeah, for I mean- going
0: on. And like for turning a horse, if you learn to pull, mm-hmm. if I pull on my left hand, mm-hmm. I would shorten my left side and yeah. actually my weight, Goes to the other side. The other side. Right. That will be counterproductive for turning a horse. Right. That's the school horses Who's that have keep going the, this way. The, the head here and go there. Yeah. So uh, if I tell a rider to turn your horse, you're not allowed to move your hands, nothing would happen. Right. That's the, I mean, <laughs> the top riders, hopefully you don't see it anymore that they move their hands. So I have to see what is the bigger movement underneath this less, mm-hmm. do less so what is the bigger movement and turning would be going there
3: mm-hmm.
0: if i open the door yeah? mm-hmm. i show the horse the way yeah. young horses you open the rein yeah 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 and it's not here it's there forward mm-hmm. sideways mm-hmm. if i do my hand forward sideways my weight, weight comes, comes here mm-hmm. my upper body gets long on the inside i'm not collapsing mm-hmm. so i have the big pattern of course, if my riders always turn their horses doing that, it would look funny. But in the beginning, that works. And then in the first lesson, I can say, when that works, you only go as far until the horse understands you. Mm-hmm. And that can be halfway. That can be quarter way. That can be just t- taking the thumb out.
1: Yeah, and, just... and then
0: it's just thinking of the movement. Mm-hmm. And then you have it in your body. Yeah, yeah. So teaching means you have to have the ability to make it bigger again. Yeah and smaller again. Mm-hmm. You have to have volume control in your aids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need stronger, sometimes you need less. Yeah. But if in learning you only learn these are your aids like yeah. buttons, yeah. If you get on or these mechanical horses with the buttons that's the worst. You you will never learn to listen and to apply volume.
1: Right? Or get stuck in either like too strong or too light yeah. on on any of it because we need all yeah all of the access to all of your body. Yeah. And that's why you're amazing. So that's that's
0: where I try to put that into the concept. So train riders. Where
1: can everyone find you? On your (laughs) website? At JJ's.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) At Team Tate Academy. Yes. (laughs) Be on the lookout for more (laughs) of this together. No, but you've got some amazing, like just now new, uh, classes online. And where can people find those?
0: I mean, uh, my so-called website is for years under construction. Okay. I'm too busy to make a website, but when people can find me on Facebook uh, okay. and they can, and even though my Facebook personal friend page is full, but I have a, a, another page and, okay. uh, where people can follow me and okay. they can't be friends, but they can follow and see. Yes. And uh, then there I put all these, the information okay. on. Um, I have my email there. People can email me. And I have online different classes, different sets. The latest series are four classes on the walk, on rising trot, sitting trot, canter. Each class has a PowerPoint presentation and exercises and explanations that can be put into practical riding. I got a letter back saying, my horse says thank you. We can dance better together together since your lesson. So great. (laughs) That's so sweet. Um, yeah, I mean these are online things. Yeah. I, you can uh, purchase links that are valid for three months. Great. So that you can really watch, take notes, re- and the PDF you keep that triggers your memory, yeah. and then you can uh, work with it. Um, I know life sometimes comes in the way,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then you—I mean—and you, I mean, and you yeah. don't, you can't watch it. There's no it
1: time. And yeah. There's no
0: time. Three months should be enough. If really something happens, email me. I can elongate it. Yeah. It's, I know if I don't have a deadline, I don't do.
3: Yeah, me too. I have videos
0: yeah. that I wanted to watch that are on my computer for already two years. I have not watched them. <laughs> I have online classes that expire. Yeah. And I make the hell sure that I've done them. Yeah. And yeah. even if they then expired yeah. and I don't, can't keep them, but I've done them and something of them stays with me. Yeah. So that's why I think giving a deadline on yeah. these online classes is important for people to really do it. Yeah. yeah. But if someone had an injury, got sick, had the family, something, uh, email me. We can elongate that. I yeah. don't want to stop you from learning. You bought this to learn. Right. Yeah, that's but the, that's the just thing. Just
1: focus and do it, people.
0: But <laughs> deadlines are deadlines that's to help great. you. Yes. That's why I think okay. it's kind of important. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you again for being here. All of us are just delighted to have you in our lives. And I know my horses thank you, and (laughs) all my students thank you. And you're the best. Love you. you.
2: (laughs) Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts, and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their rides, too. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.